0: says I am I can do what it says I can do I can be who it says I can be and I will have what it says I can have today I will hear the word of God I boldly declare that my mind is alert my heart is receptive my ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for your word because it's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. It's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so as we come today to hear the word of God, I step back now so the spirit of God can minister to your people. And I pray in Jesus' name, Father, that your word will tear down, it will root up, it will plant, and it will water that which is already in our hearts. And I pray, Father, that our lives will receive 30, 60, and 100 fold as a result of hearing the word. And I thank you for signs, miracles, and wonders following our lives. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Today I'm doing an independent message. Everybody say an independent message. I'm doing an independent message that I know will help everyone who is listening, regardless of if you are a believer or an unbeliever. So if you're taking notes, our title today is Having a Proper Perspective of Problems. Having the proper perspective of problems, because sooner or later, if you live long enough, you will experience some type of problems. Can I get an amen? amen? So whether you are a believer, an unbeliever, young or old, male or females, one thing about problems is that problems do not discriminate. So my goal today is to help you develop a biblical perspective regarding problems. And then I'm going to provide you with a system to process them. And then at the end, I'm going to give you an application process on how to successfully resolve and solve problems. What I'm going to give you today is the system that Pastor Eben uses to solve problems in his life. And how many know when you pastor people, you're going to have problems? Amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and then we're going to look at John 16, 33. As a matter of fact, we're going to look at John 16, 33 first, and then we're going to go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 13. Now, there are many promises in the Bible. Everybody say promises. There are many promises in the Bible. And one of the promises that Jesus made us and that he guaranteed is that we're going to have problems. And that's why 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that, watch this, when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. In other words, First Peter is telling us, he says, think it not strange when you've uh, run into fiery trials. Because sometimes w- problems may catch us by surprise, but they never catch God by surprise. And if you notice here, it says that when we go through these fiery trials... We need to rejoice because we become partakers of Christ's suffering that when his glory shall be revealed. In other words, when you and I go through problems, two things ought to come out of it. God should get some glory and we should come out with a story. Amen. Amen. And so one of the promises regarding problems that Jesus made is found in John 16, So if you have your Bibles, I want you to open to John 16, And if you don't have your Bibles, you can look on the screen. And this is what Jesus said. He said, these things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. So as long as you and I stay in Jesus, we will have peace. He says, in this world... You might have tribulation. What does it say? He says, in the world, you shall have tribulation. Everybody say, that's a promise. He says, you shall have tribulation, but he says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now, when you look up the word tribulation there, it means pressure, persecution, and trouble. Everybody say pressure, persecution, and trouble. Amen. And here is a success secret that you may not know. If you and I cannot properly handle pressure, persecution and trouble, we limit our success here in the earth realm. I'm going to say that again. Most people wonder why they don't reach certain success levels in life. Well, one of the principles to success is you have to be able to handle pressure, persecution, and trouble. You say, well, why is that, Pastor Evan?" Believe it or not, many of God's children never reach levels of success, uh, whether they want it or not, because they can't handle persecution. Now, in Mark chapter 10, verse 29, I'm not going to focus on this. I just want to read it. It says, and Jesus answered and said, verily I say unto you, there is... There is no man that has left a house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands. Watch this for my sake and the gospels, but he or she shall receive how much, how much, how much a hundredfold. hundredfold. What's the next word now? So we're not talking about heaven. We're talking about experiencing a hundredfold life now. But I'm going to show you why most people disqualify or exempt themselves from this hundredfold. He says, now in this life a hundredfold, houses and brethren, sisters, mothers, children, and lands. Watch this next thing though. With what? Persecution. Persecutions. Notice persecutions has an S on it. He says, with persecution. So watch this now. If God knows that you can't handle the persecution from the hundredfold level, as a a loving heavenly father, he is not going to allow us to be tempted above that which we can handle. So if you want to go up the success ladder in life, you're going to have to get some thick skin. I'm talking to somebody right now. You may not be ready for that promotion you think you are because right now you are too sensitive. Amen. You go up the ladder of success. You have to have some thick skin and you have to be able to to take the persecution. Amen. So God loves us so much. He's not going to put us in a position To watch this, receive persecution from the hundredfold if we can't handle it. Now watch this. Uh, Our second verse was in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13. I'm going to show you this verse. It says, uh, because this verse is the backdrop for our lesson today. It says, there has no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Everybody say God is faithful. God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you and I may be able to bear it. Now, I love the good news translation of that verse. It says this, every test that you have experienced is the kind that normally comes to people. But God keeps his promise, and he will not allow you to be tested beyond your power to refer, to remain firm. At the time you are put to the test, he will give you the strength to endure it, So you uh, and so provide you a way out. In other words, that verse is telling us that if you're going through it, you can handle it. I'm going to say that again. If you are going through it, you can handle it. So listen, let's get a perspective on problems. If you're having it, you can handle it. If you couldn't handle the problem that you're having or will have, because if you don't have none, now, see me in 30 days. If you and I, if we are experiencing a problem, I don't care what the problem is. If we're experiencing it, God would not have allowed it to even enter our world if he knew we couldn't handle it. So now my perspective on problems are different. I can handle it. Just look at your neighbor and say, I can handle it. Now look at him again and say, you can handle it. So what I want to do now is give you five basic types or classifications of problems. Because there are five ways problems are created. Here's the first way. And that is self-made problems. Now most of us know what that is. These are problems that we have created for ourselves. And this can happen when we disobey God's word or when we violate man-made laws or basic principles that have negative consequences. In other words, you can't get mad at the devil because you got a speeding ticket. I mean, unless you want to, you know, claim that you possess, then I can understand that. He controlled my foot. Okay, well, then we just need to bring some deliverance to you. But you can't get mad at the devil and you can't blame God if you got stopped for a ticket because you violated a principle. And here is where the devil is smart. The devil has a lot of believers angry at God because they're mad. Why am I going through this, God, as if God made you go through it? Everybody says self-made problems. Here's a second way, is spiritual problems. And this is when we're being attacked by demonic spiritual forces. Amen. And demonic forces are real. If God is real, the devil is real. Amen. If, if there was no devil, then there would all be all good here. Some people say, well, well, if God was so, if he was real, well, why are there bad things that happen to people? Because we have a bad devil. Amen. So we have spiritual problems. Here's number three, someone else's problems. This is when we take on other people's problems. They're not our problems, but because it may be affected someone we may love or care about, we take on this problem for ourselves. Amen. Some of us do this when we try and rescue our grown, crusty feet kids from problems they create. Come on now, somewhere junior has to grow up to be senior. I find that so many parents weaken the effects of the lives of their children because they try to eliminate the consequences from their children's choices. But one day, they're going to have to live by the consequences that they have chosen, prob, uh, chosen to make. Amen. So, you know, someone else's problem. When we use our financial savings to rescue someone, Who's having financial problems, but it's due to their lack of problem uh, of financial proper management. Thank you for those who have probably loaned money to their relatives. I mean, how many times have you taken on someone else's problem and then it created you a problem? Amen. Here's number four. Someone giving me problems. All right, I'm going to go back over these. The first one was self-made problems. The second one was spiritual problems. The third one is someone else's problems. And here's number four, someone giving me problems. This is when the enemy uses people to bring persecution and problems to us. Whether it's haterade or deliberate lies about us or just pure jealousy, it's just when... The devil uses people to give us a hard time. How many know what I'm talking about? How many have had that happen to you? Amen. If you don't have your hand up, maybe you're the person giving the problems. (laughs) And this is the one we have to watch out for because the devil uses people to try to, to diminish our testimony. Amen. I was in a restaurant this week, and uh, Pastor Eben likes to take care of everything God has given me. Because stewardship is your, listen, it is the gateway to the next level. He says, if you're faithful over little, then you'll be faithful over much. In other words, if I take care of the little I have, then I qualify now for more. So, you know, I tend to park my cars far from everybody because the average person doesn't take care of their car. So I have to help them take care of mine. So I'll use two parking spaces. Okay? And I try not to do it right up close to the building. But this particular restaurant I pulled up at, uh, all the ones that were kind of far away were were used. It was not two, but it just happened to be two right in front of the restaurant. Well, I just I'm slid right up in there. So I walk in and, and one of the patrons from the restaurant having their lunch decided they wanted to get in my business. Uh, did you know you parked in two spaces? I said, I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that. Well, I don't think you should park in two spaces. So they just started going off on me. And, uh, I mean, they started going off. The waitress was real uncomfortable, and it didn't bother me. So finally, after the the lady kept ranting and raving and ranting and raving, I said, ma'am, why don't you ask me why I use two parking spaces? She said, why? I said, because people don't take care of their cars, so I have to help them take care of mine. So she said, well, I'm going outside, and I'm going to park next to you. I said, you do that, and 911 will be called quickly. There is no law against using two parking spaces. Amen. So sometimes other people will give you problems. Why y'all laughing? Why y'all laughing? See how I tied that all in? You see what I'm saying? Somebody giving me problems. And here's the last one. Situational problems. This is where we experience problems due to just being alive. It might be a health challenge. It may be a job-related problem. It may be a physical problem. And these are typical, typically problems that happen to us that have nothing to do with us. In other words, we didn't do anything wrong. We just, we're just alive. And Jesus says, in this world, you shall have tribulation. So listen, I know problems are going to come. I know they're going to exist, and so I have to learn how to handle them. Because if we do not have the proper perspective regarding problems, they will get the best of us versus us overcoming them. Amen. Everybody say perspective is everything. Uh, There was a story about two salesmen who worked for the shoe manufacturer. And so the shoe manufacturer dropped both salesmen off in this remote area uh in africa where they didn't have no shoes on and so after a couple of days one of the salesmen called headquarters and say listen i know i'm supposed to be here for the next two weeks but i need y'all to come get me now nobody in this place wears shoes and then the other salesman called in and say hey can you let me stay here for a month i'm gonna make a lot of money nobody here is wearing shoes right now it's perspective so, what is the proper biblical perspective of problems? In First Corinthians 10, let's go back to it in verse 13. It says, There has no temptation temptation taken you but such that is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. First of all, here's number one every problem you will experience is not unique. Somebody has already had your problem. Amen. The Bible calls it common demand. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care if it's a health crisis or a financial crisis. Whatever problem you have experienced or will experience is common demand. Let me say it like this. Somebody done already had your problem first. Amen. Uh, Recently, I, I met a pastor at the Gateway Conference this week and uh what was funny is this pastor that i was that i met another pastor that i preached for in atlanta wanted me to meet this pastor and uh he tried to get us on the phone when i was with him one time and and it didn't work out and so this guy just comes up to me because he knew who i looked like but i didn't know what he looked like so we got together and so we ended up going to dinner him and my wife and i they built the building three years ago and they're getting ready to build another one and uh and he told me his his frightening stories and all the problems he had with building his building and i said to myself wow building a church building and having problems is such that is common to man i started feeling at one point man i'm the only one going through these problems building this church building Nope, this guy went through some of the same problems So I came to the conclusion that spiritual warfare is real. And if you're building a house of God, and if you're making an impact and a dent into the demonic forces, you're going to get pushed back by the devil. So what you're going through may be new to you, but it's not new to man. I'm going to say that again. What you are going through may be new to you, but it's not new to man. So don't get the Elijah syndrome. Well, God, I'm the only one serving you. Well, God, I'm going through this. Well, welcome to the club. (laughs) Amen. My kids are acting up. How many in here have kids? Let me see your hand. Now, put your hand down. Now, how many of you with your hand up, your kids have acted up before? Let me see your hand. Look around you. Such that is common to man. Amen. Your check being short is common, the man. How many have ever had your check short? Let me see you. it. It's common, the man. And the cleanest messing up your best outfit is common, the man. If you've had your best outfit messed up, let me see your hand. It's common, the man. So the first biblical perspective regarding problems is knowing that when I'm going through, it's common to man. It might be new to me, but it's not new to man. Here's number two. First Corinthians 10, 13, continue by saying, but God is faithful. Here's the question. What is he faithful about? He is faithful to not allow you to suffer Or be tempted above that which you are able. In other words, if I'm experiencing a problem, then I must have the wherewithal to handle it. Because God is faithful to make sure that the pressure level, the persecution level, or the problem level doesn't exceed my handling level. God is faithful to make sure. That the persecution level, the pressure level, and the problem level is not going to exceed my handling level. Amen. I mean, how many of us would put a three-year-old in a car to drive? We wouldn't do that. Why? They can't handle it. Well, if you couldn't handle it, you wouldn't be experiencing it. Amen. Amen. God is faithful to make sure we can handle it. And so many times when we're going through problems, watch this now, our focus is on what's happening to us instead of looking at what God is trying to do in us. I'm going to say that again. Many times when we're going through problems, our focus is on what is happening to us instead of looking at what God is trying to do in us. Everybody say in us. You know, when we bought the six acres that we're currently building on right now, uh, before we bought those acres, we owned and purchased the 14 acres that is the highway frontage to 360. So we bought the 14 acres, and we had been paying on it. And uh, God told me, Evan, that six acres is yours. It is Word of Truth Family Church's six acres. So I started trying to negotiate with the people who owned it. Because a different set of people own the the six acres than the 14. So the six acres were owned by a family, but it was a total of 14 that they owned. Well, the other eight acres wasn't any good. So I was not even going to try to negotiate on that. So they had 14 up for sale. I was trying to just get them to sell me the six. And I tried and I tried and I tried and it didn't work out. I mean, I prayed and I tried and I tried and I prayed and it just didn't work out. And so about a year and a half goes by, maybe two years. And uh, I get a call from the broker who sold us the 14. Pastor Connor, I said, yes. He said, you know, that six acres that you were looking at and you wanted to buy. I was like, yeah. He said, there's another church buying that six acres. I said, what? and the first thing that came to my mind is well what did the pastor say to that those people that I didn't say I mean I consider myself a decent salesman so I said well do you have the pastor's phone number I want to call him he said yeah so he gives me the phone number so I get the pastor on the phone and I called and I said uh, uh, Pastor so and so this is Pastor Connor with Word of Truth Family Church he says I know who you are and I'm thinking this is not going to be a kingdom conversation I can tell I said, well, you know, Pastor so-and-so, the the highway frontage to the six acres that you're looking at buying, because they hadn't bought it yet. I said, the highway frontage to that, we own that and we don't have a sign up and I don't know if you knew that and we were really looking at the six acres that you're looking at as an extension to our property. And he says, well, it looks like we're going to be neighbors. (laughs) I could feel the inside of me begin to rumble. (laughs) The devil is a lie oh my god they bought it i had an opportunity to get mad at god i'm experiencing now a problem that doesn't match his promise and that's typically what problems are problems watch this now are situations that we get in that we get in that does not match the promise of god for our lives so instead of now focusing, because remember I said most of us we focus on what we're going through instead of what God is trying to do through us. And so I stayed with the promise. I said, God, you told me that was our sixth. And I let it go. I let it go. And you know what I did? Because see, he's the one made me the promise. I didn't make it to myself. So why not give the promise keeper the promise that he gave me? Instead of trying to fix it myself, I just gave it to him. I said, Lord, I'm going to let you handle that. Two years go by, I get a phone call from the same broker. Pastor Connor, you know that six acres that you were looking at? I was like, yeah. He says, well, the family who owns it wants to know, are you still interested in that six acres? He said, because that church is like eight months behind. I said, tell them I'm interested. And we ended up closing on the property. But here's the problem. See, here's what I want you to see. Because you got to realize that we are seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In other words, God is sitting there in heaven. The Bible says Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God. And if Jesus is sitting on the right hand of God, that's where we're seating too. Because it says we are seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So our perspective on problems should not be horizontal. It should be vertical. See, when you are looking down, you have God's perspective on the thing. And see, I did not have God's full perspective on the situation. So watch this, we ended up paying cash for that six acres and that's what helped us start building because we had so much equity in the property. But guess what? Had Listen, when we first started looking at the property, we didn't have the cash to pay for it. So that small delay allowed God to bless us enough to pay cash for the facility, uh, for the property. And so sometimes when you're going through problems, don't let... The problem be your focus. Amen. Many times God is more interested in the growth factor versus the get out factor. I'm going to say that again. Many times God is more interested in the growth factor in us versus the get out factor. And that's why the third perspective I want to give you here is that we must have when it comes to experiencing problems, we must know. That he will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape that we ought to be able to bury. In other words, every problem comes with a way of escape. Every problem comes with a way of escape. In essence, problems, listen, are opportunities for your God to show himself strong on your behalf. How would you know that the God you serve has the power to bring you out if you never got in it? The only reason we have powerful stories in the Bible is because people ended up in situations that they didn't count on. Oh, we, we talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we love the story. All right? We love that. But they weren't counting on being thrown into a fiery furnace, though. Daniel did not have on his to-do list that day to be thrown into the lion's den. Well, I got to take out the trash. I got to take little Daniel to school, and uh, I'm going to get thrown in the lion's den. It was not on his checklist. And sometimes when problems come, we get all shook up about it. But at the end of the day, listen, God, the same God, he is faithful. Everybody say he's faithful. He's faithful to make a way of escape. What you and I must do, we must look for it. Before you cuss that person out, there's a way of escape. Oh, you think your phone at your desk rung at the wrong minute. No, it's ringing, so you won't start cussing. Amen. Amen. I love 2 Chronicles 16, 9. It says this, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward toward him. In other words, we have to do, we have to make sure that our hearts, when we're going through problems, stay leaning towards God. Because it says here, we just read it, that he's, showing himself strong in the behalf of those whose hearts are perfect toward him and that's why the devil wants your heart to get off when you're going through something because if your heart gets off God is not trying to show himself strong your heart's off that's why you have to forgive you have to let it go amen so Hebrews 11 6 says without faith it is impossible to please him see your heart is where faith works So you got to keep that part of your heart straight. And I've taught you this because, see, if my heart gets off, my faith will not work. I'm going to say that again. If my heart gets off, my faith is not going to work. Why? Because the Bible says, for with the heart, man believes. So if I believe from my heart, I got to keep my heart right. Amen. And when you're operating in faith, let me just throw this at you. When, when you're operating in faith, there are five expectations you can always look for. Because most people go, well, I don't know if I'm in faith or not. Well, here are five things that you can expect to happen. They may all happen. All five of them may happen. Two of them may happen. But these five things you can expect to happen when you're walking by faith. Here's the first thing. You can expect God to give you a plan of action. If you're walking in faith, if you're standing in faith for something, whether it's a car, whether it's a maid, whether it's a house... God will give you a plan of action. And this is where God will provide you with a plan that has specific steps for you to take or a direction to go in to overcome that problem. A good example of this in the Bible is when God told Joshua how to defeat Jericho. He told him, listen, I want you to march around how many times? Seven times. Everybody said, that's a plan of action. So when you and I are going through problems, one of the things that we can expect God to give us is a plan of action. Number two is the wisdom of God. And this is divine insight from God's perspective. It involves not just knowing what to do, but also knowing how to do it. It is God providing you with insight on how to deal with the issue. Everybody say the wisdom of God. Here's number three. Favor from God. When you're going through a problem and you're standing in faith, favor can come from God. And this is where God will raise up someone to use their power, their ability, their influence, and their financial resources to help you. Amen. When we were going through the, uh, the, the problem with those uh, the, the last draw that we had to pay, that $441,000 draw, God raised up a ministry partner and, listen, and gave us $200,000. Everybody say, that's the favor of God. And then here's number four is sometimes you need a miracle. And this is when God does something supernaturally. And here's the last thing. If you don't get any of those four things, then maybe you just need strength to endure until change comes. This is where the scripture says that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It's supernatural strength that comes from the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 3.16 says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Amen. Amen. So when, uh, go back to 1 Corinthians 10 as we get ready to close here. 2 Corinthians 10. It says that God will make a way of escape. Meaning that God is setting me up to win whether it looks like it or not. Because he always causes us to triumph. So how do we handle problems when they come? I'm going to go through these real fast. They're going to put them on a the screen. I just want you to take a picture of them with your, with your camera. How do we handle problems when they come? Here is Pastor Evans' process. Number one, make up in your mind that if you have to go through this problem, you might as well grow through this problem. I'm going to say that again. Make up your mind that if you have to go through this problem, you might as well grow through this problem. Don't let your problem define you, but let it refine you. Here's number two. Rate the severity of the problem. Do like we do with hurricanes. Oh, this is the category four. A category four problem, life or death situations. It's it's a permanent thing or it can result in carrying long-term effects. It's like you create you, you committed a crime and now you're looking at jail time. Doing this, when you rate your problem, it'll help you to not overrate or underrate what you're going through because a lot of people, they overrate. Let me tell you something. Most of the negative thoughts that you have about the problem you're going through, it will never happen. Here's number three. Decide you're going to stay in faith. This means that you're going to stand, believe, and believe and confess the word through the whole situation. Number four. If you have messed up. In other words, if this is a self-made problem. If you have messed up, you need to fess up. 1 John one nine says. For us to confess our sins to God. But watch this. But James 5.16 says. It tells us to confess our faults one to another. Why? So that we may be healed sometimes. I know we're confessing our sins before God, but sometimes you need to confess your faults to somebody down here. See, maybe your healing is being delayed because you're keeping it to yourself. Here's number five very quickly. Ask up for help before you ask down. You're calling all your friends. You ain't asked God yet. Amen. Number six. Search the scriptures to find a biblical solution to the problem. Number seven, pray in the spirit to get God's mind regarding the matter. Romans 8.26 says, likewise, the spirit also helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we are, but the spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knows what's in the mind of the spirit because the spirit makes intercession for the saints. Watch this now, according to the will of God. Can you say amen to that? Here's the last one. What number what number am I on? Number what? Number eight, find someone to get in agreement with you. Matthew eighteen nineteen says if two of you shall agree on earth touching anything. And then number nine, if the problem is beyond your wisdom level, then submit yourself to godly leadership and the multitude of counsel. Proverbs 11, 14 says, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. Through this whole building process, I've had situations where I had to bring in the multitude of counsel. As a matter of fact, I might as well just close with this story right here. You know that whole contract situation? So when I first saw the paperwork god didn't tell me to sign it or not to sign it it was just a business principle i'm not signing this everybody that i went to my pastor my attorney uh some people at gateway that i'm accountable to as well everybody said don't sign that pastor Evan. don't sign that but as we begin to pray and as the attorney got more into the whole thing it was going to hurt word of truth to not sign it because It's just holding and delaying us from getting in the building. So the attorney said, Pastor Evan, you need to sign this and then just divorce yourself from them by just refinancing the whole thing when you're done. Everybody who said, watch this, don't sign it, every single one of them came back and said, sign it. Now guess what? The scripture says, in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. I knew the decision was right because I was submitting to the multitude of counsel. And this is what the Lord told me, because, you know, I really wanted to sue those people. And the Lord said, Evan, vengeance is mine, not yours. Amen. 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 Some of you are walking through problems by yourself. And I've heard this excuse twice this week, and it grieves me. It grieves me. Well, Pastor, I I didn't call because I know you're busy. Oh, so you're making a decision for me now. No. a lot of times when we say that, I know that it's an honor and uh, I don't want, you're honoring, I don't want to bother, I don't want, but see, I could understand that if I wasn't here full time. But I'm here full time doing this. And God has graced me to help you. But I can't help you if you carry your problems yourself. And some of you are maybe too deep for yourself. You need to reach out for help. So I wanted to just read you a text message. One of the text messages that I read, that I said to my pastor going through this. I said, good morning, dad. When you get an opportunity, can you call me regarding an issue regarding this situation? Boy, I got about a whole lot of them, Jesus Christ. I'm looking for the one that was a whole different problem right there. That was a whole different problem. Okay, here's another one. Good evening, Dad. I'm at a serious crossroads and I need your voice and advice. I'm going to read it like I was desperate. Good evening, Dad. I'm in a serious crossroads. I need to hear your voice and advice. I have a meeting with attorneys tomorrow, but need to speak to you before then. If you're still up, I need you to call me. <laughs> if God would tell you everything he would tell me, you wouldn't need me see some of y'all are trying to counsel yourself let me tell you something when you're going through difficulty sometimes you're the worst counselor to yourself and so i want you to eliminate that excuse well pastor I Evan don't have time let me tell you i'm too busy don't make the decision for me why because the bible says that god will give you pastors after his own heart amen And then here's the last one. Here's the last one. Obey God in spiritual authority. Then the last thing is praise God and thank him through this thing. Give God time to work things out. Because at the end, he's going to work together for our good. Did you learn something today? Amen. Every head bow. Father, we thank you for the word. I thank you that it's landed on good ground. And I thank you for it changing our lives for the better. We receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. With every head bowed, if you're here today and you're not sure you go to heaven if you die, I want to pray for you.